All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, presented to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Go to ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. Go check them out. Use our promo code, Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, gets you $5 off your order. Free shipping anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. We just had a call with Zephyr Epic. My name is David Guadrelli. I'm joined by Chris Faber. We just had a call with Zephyr Epic. It was a pretty pretty nice call. We got some fun stuff coming up. Was a good, sh- yeah, definitely a good call. We got some stuff set up. Uh, gonna go do some video and uh, check out the actual shop there in Surrey. So 
you know, people can check out the shop. They're not really getting to it yet, but, you know, they have, like, leagues and Pokemon leagues, Magic leagues, teach people how to play the games like that. So I'm going to check out some of that. Also, card breaks. They also have weekly card breaks mm-hmm. on Twitch, which you can sign up for. And those fill up fast. So if you're hearing this... And you know what they're doing? Like, I know that, you know, we love hockey cards. That's what we hype yeah. up. That's what we get. But man, people love their football cards and... And basketball. And basketball cards. Yeah, NBA draft basketball. last night. I saw... Uh, I tweeted this because I don't really know much mm-hmm. about basketball or prospects, and especially prospects in basketball. Yeah. But the reaction on Twitter sounded like the Toronto Raptors drafted Ollie O'Levy. Yeah. Which yeah, you'd be stoked about. I took the night off yesterday. It was nice to relax after what we've been doing for the last week here with draft and free agency. So I didn't really follow it that close. And I don't know. I wasn't. It didn't really affect me yeah, that much. To be it honest. didn't affect me either. I should mention, though, we are brought. We are delivered to you by the great folks yes. at DoorDash. Now we have our promo code, Chris. Good. Convo DD. Convo double D. Capital C. All right. Two capital Ds. All one word, Convo DD on DoorDash. Go use that promo code 25% off and free delivery. 25% off and free delivery for first time users of the app. So if you haven't used DoorDash before, go download it, use promo code Convo DD, and go order yourself some Popeye's chicken. DoorDash. Way to do it, man. DoorDash is what I used before they sponsored us, to be honest, anyways. Yeah, we've got something for you to eat. Speaking of which, yeah, good. So, uh, del- is this delivered by DoorDash technically too? Technically, maybe? the S cookie is delivered by DoorDash. I so yesterday, so. I went uh, went to Commercial Drive with Patrick Johnson. First of all, now before we do this, let me just get my pissed offness out of the way to start this show. There's so much Canucks news to get into. So much stuff. We have literally oh, they whatever. signed the most players in free agency, and we're opening up the show. Me eating a freaking cookie. It's and an S on Scott, and on top of that. You made me go get a hot coffee, and it's like thirty plus degrees yeah. out already. So I'm not in a great mood going into this. What did you be tell my nonno? What did you tell my nonno when the Euros were on? Yeah, you said, "Hey, okay. I'm an honorary Italian. Why don't you, Why don't you go tell him that you you can't drink an espresso on a hot day? Uh, I just didn't even get an espresso. I just got a double double from espresso. McDonald's. S S espresso. Oh my gosh! Calm down, Riccio. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we're gonna jump into this. I'm gonna record it, and we're gonna put it on the Patreon. It's great radio here, but. Chris is trying an S cookie for the first time. If you don't know what these are, they're these Italian cookies and, you know, they have a little lemon flavor to them. Really good with coffee and espresso. I bought a pack of them because I went to Commercial Drive with PJ yesterday. Uh, Got some nice sandwiches. It was great. Some uh, gabagool and some mortadella in the same sandwich. It was was fantastic. Not going to name the business because no free ads, but but got some S cookies as well. Maybe they're on DoorDash. Maybe they are on DoorDash. I got some S cookies as well. I wanted you to try one for the first time because you've never had one. So I'm recording it now. You go ahead. You dip that in the coffee. Dip it in the coffee. Okay. Okay. Now hold it there for about, mm, let's say like 10 seconds. And yeah, you want to get the bottom of the S in there. A little little deeper. Yeah, there you go. Hold it right there. Yeah, that's what you want. Yep, let the coffee get in there. Yep, there you go. Couple dunks. Couple couple dunks, sure. Does this go this is Patreon content? This is video? Patreon content. I'm recording it right now. Right. Pa- right. Patreon.com slash Canucks Convo, by the way. Five and ten dollar tier. Okay, Chris is taking his first bite with the coffee. What do you think? I'll let you finish chewing. Well, you barely had to chew it. Yeah. That was good. Right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. It just turns into a big marshmallow pretty much. I used to get these in, in my lunches. In like the third grade. This in a in a an espresso yeah. in a No, there was no espresso with it. I would just eat them straight when I was a kid. Thermostat. What did I say there? Thermostat? What am I you meant to say? thermos. Thermos, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. very good. They are very I'm good. Dummy, this uh, you maybe can after you can we record. yeah you can you don't have to finish all of it right now. Well, but maybe I'll have another bite. I wanted you sure. to experience this because this is an Italian delicacy that you've never had before. But we do have a lot of Canucks talk to get into. Yeah, Chris what has, the hell are we doing here? Chris has capped the coffee. Uh, if you don't, if you didn't like that, I'm sorry. But if you want to see the video of that. Good. Yeah, if you want to see the video of that, patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. We do Faber and Quaz shoot the bleep. We talk non-hockey stuff. We would talk more about commercial drive and going down there and getting us cookies. Uh, but yeah, basically the first like five to ten minutes of our shows are always just us basically doing a Patreon episode. And then when we actually do Patreons, it's like the first five, ten minutes of the episode times times 30 like we do it for a long time and we do it once a week it's a lot of fun i like doing them but let's get into some canucks talk lots to get into chris 57 signings it seemed like the canucks made that was the number i landed on in my head but big big stuff that the canucks did now i guess what would you say is your favorite and least favorite signing let's just start there favorite signing or Basically, a lot of what they do with the depth. I mm-hmm. I kind of lumped it into all the guys that they signed in Abbotsford there. Loved it, pretty much all of that. I mean, like, that's a good group of guys to start your AHL team with. They didn't really have a lot of players going into it. Um, like, you know, a handful of players really going into what we were going to see next year for the Abbotsford Canucks. They went out and got some guys that not only are going to be good AHL players, but really can a lot of those guys can fill into fourth line or bottom pairing roles if you really need them. I think Brad Hunt was a great signing on the back end. He's a guy who... You know, real good shot of him being the captain uh, down in, in Abbotsford. I mean, there's there's a bunch of options for them to have. Um, but at the NHL level, we'll stick there. I love the Brandon Sutter signing. I love the Luke Shen signing. Um, and then I think the one that, you know, we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about is probably the, the $10 million for Pullman at mm. four years. And I don't know where you want to start with positives yeah. and negatives, but we can... You know, let's let's start positive. We're in good moods about yeah. this team, and I think that it's something we've been talking about for a long time of just like having them go in this direction. Not only is this just like a plan to go out and win right now, it's some it's a direction for the team, and it's something that we have to be excited about because this is the best team that we've seen under Jim Benning. Now, okay, I just play devil's advocate a little mm-hmm. here. Is there a long term plan here? Because there's no players coming in on ELCs. Like I like Klimovich. Yep. But the book's still out on him. He he was drafted like a week ago. Got we, some stuff on him later. Yes, that, that'll be good. Faber's Prospect Report will be coming up later in the show. But honestly, like you, I, I think what every Canucks fan wants, Chris, is for this core to have their window maximized and to have the best chance at winning a Stanley Cup. Like I, I don't think there's a Canucks fan out there that doesn't want to see Elias Pettersson lift a Stanley Cup at some point in his career, and preferably, they'd like to see him do it in a Canucks uniform. Mm -hmm. Now, I think it's just a matter of process to get there. Like, it it was a fine line, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are just like, oh, miss me with making the playoffs and not winning the Cup. Like, this this, this organization can't be doing this right now. They can't go out and get OEL. But man, like, it's hard to look at the moves of shedding all that money to Arizona like they did getting Connor Garland on a pretty nice deal. We both think it'll age really well. Um, you know, it, it's hard to look at that for this management regime and not say that's a slam dunk because, like, here's the thing. It's easy for fans and media alike to kind of look at it and say, well, we need to worry about the future. Like, what about these first-round picks? Like, what about this, this, this? It's easy for us to say that, but the fact of the matter is, the simple fact of the matter is, is... 
I, I've said this so many times, I feel like a broken record, but if they came into next year with the same team, with Ollie Levy on a third pairing, you're, you're, you're getting more guys asking out. You're getting a bunch of Nate Schmitz. Like, that's what you're getting. You're getting guys who have just had all the happiness and joy of playing the game of hockey beat out of them because they can't win any games and they're not buying into what you're selling and they want out. That's what you're starting to get. And that's a dangerous thing to be having. Like we talk about a winning culture and everything that's dangerous to not have that in these years. Yeah. I think it's too bad because like, okay, so everyone wants to, you know, build for the future, keep your draft picks, all that. I get that for sure. I get that that's the thing, but it feels like they've been going down that road for four or five years, and Jim Benning has kind of done the opposite and probably hurt himself quite a bit in a few little things. But they've also just built a top nine that has a good chance to be one of the best in the Western Conference and probably the best in the Pacific Division. Yeah. So you've built your top nine now. You have this group of guys that, yeah, you're going to have to pay Hugliner a couple of years a little bit more. You're going to have to pay Horvat and Miller probably a little bit more on their contracts. Well, like Hugliner's is probably going to go up quite a bit. Yeah. But you have an ELC with 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 uh, Vasily Podkolzin coming up, and you have a top nine. So like the guys that you're filling in the spots for the next two to three, maybe like two to five years, probably like yeah, two to five years. The next two to five yeah. years, the spots that you're filling are fourth line guys that can maybe play up your lineup. And that's a huge shift in what we've seen to the Vancouver Canucks' roster for a little bit. Like, all those top nine spots are taken for the future now. Like, you know, like, there's not going to be a lot of these guys being moved out. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, it's going to depend on what's going to come in for the Bo- uh, Brock Besser contract in the future, all that. But the spots that you have to fill now are fourth-line guys. You know, those are the kind of guys that you maybe get a veteran out of cheap money to play there. You know, Brandon Sider's a good example for him staying around at $1 million playing your fourth line good move. Maybe you find some veterans who can also kill penalties and play on the wing on the fourth line. Maybe you get Tyler Mott locked up. Like the forward group feels so much better. Like it feels so much better. And and that's something that's going to help these young players want to stay here. It's going to help JT Miller not want to leave. It's going to help Bo Horvat want to stay and be the captain of this group. It's going to be, it's going to be things like, yeah, I know that you want to build a future and, and listen, drafting in the, the first three rounds. What have they done twice in the past three years? I think something like that. Like, it's, it's, it's. I know that you're giving away a lot, but what you have built now is a team that can contend for the playoffs and hopefully push from there. And you're still going to be able to have first round picks next year. You're still going to be able to have these picks that can come and help the team. And the the group has done such a good job drafting and drafting players in the late rounds that have brought value. That this is just kind of like it's not a it's not the way that I would have written out a rebuild or getting your team back to the playoffs. Yeah. It's not the way that a lot of hockey minds have done it. But they're at the point now where they are a team that looks like they're going to be in the playoffs and hopefully competing to come out of the Western Conference. Exactly. Like, okay, here, here's how I look at it. Right now, the Canucks are a team that could easily get past the second round. When they run into Vegas, that's going to be the test. Like, we're projecting that already. Like, if the Canucks make the playoffs, running into Vegas is going to be the test. They, they lost in Game 7 a couple years ago. Right now, I would take the current Canucks team over the team that they had in the bubble. I would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, would I don't even think that's a hot take. No, I don't think so either. I, I would too, and I think that the defense is obviously something that's it's going to be changed a lot. It's changed a lot over the past you know two years of seeing what they used to have out on the ice. And I thought you brought up something kind of interesting that Quinn Hughes, the longest tenured Canucks defenseman. Now I saw that on a tweet. That was that was a mind mind frick, as Caleb would say. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, Quinn Hughes, longest tenured, made me feel old. Made me feel old. I was oh, how how old was I when Quinn Hughes debuted? Nineteen, I think so. Yeah. He debuted in twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, yeah. I was nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, wow. when Quinn, I was I was so young back then, so full of energy. 
Yeah, you were. Now they got. Uh, I think the the biggest. Pro- okay, let's just get right into the defense core because the forward group we've talked yeah. about a lot. We, we like what a lot of what they've done with the forward. Exactly, group. And, and we they have didn't a really lot. Bring anyone in on free agency that boosts. Yeah, the, totally. I mean, the forward group work right? was done. It was yeah. done before. Exactly. They they built their top nine fourth line. You fill out. You have Tyler Mott there. Bring in Brandon Sutter. I think we'd like that deal. Yeah, both absolutely. All of Brandon Sutter's money can be buried into the minors if he exactly. can't work out as well. Then you have guys fighting for that fourth line, like Justin Bailey is brought in now to come and maybe fight for that fourth mm-hmm. line position. A lot of forwards that are just going to play very different types of hockey that you can kind of audition to be fourth line players from Abbotsford. But let's get into the defense because. Travis Hammond comes back on a two-year deal, three million dollars per. That's a that's one that you know three million dollars was the part for me, and that that was a little much. But at the same, like I know that Travis Hammond going to play top line minutes with Quinn Hughes for the next two years. You're paying him three million dollars, which is a lot. And Pullman, he's going to be you know a bottom pairing guy playing you know I don't know how many minutes but it's you know it's going to be somewhere between 13 to 17 probably a night last year in the second half of the season Pullman ended up averaging over 19 minutes a night and that's kind of when his numbers fell quite a bit so it'll be you know a player that I see kind of tracks in a similar way to Troy Stetcher minus the offense plus some defense like Pullman's a physical guy like he had a lot of hits throughout the season if you watch him and I watched a lot of him play over the past 24 hours here like He's not, he's really nothing special. But like, that's what I used to say about Chris Tanov. Yeah. He's really nothing special. Yeah. I don't think Pullman moves the puck that great. I don't think he's very quick, but he is always around his own net. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get too aggressive when defending either. Like, he just plays his position. He just plays his position and passes the puck to the other guy. He did that with Josh Morrissey a lot. And Morrissey was the primary puck mover. That's what you're going to probably see with Jack Rathbone. And this is what you and I talked about because we haven't even recorded since Tuesday, but this is what you and I talked about a lot off air. And I think we need to bring this conversation to the air because we talked about all these signings. Even it goes right down to Luke Shen, all the guys that they signed for the right side. And, you know, insert that meme of two face with the uh, left side showing Hughes, OEL and Rathbone. And Mm -hmm. then the, the ugly side showing Myers and the right side. Yeah. I get that. But from a stylistic standpoint and what you bring up a lot, the primary puck mover on a pairing, like I think we both agree that Tyler Myers didn't fit with Jack Rathbone quite well. Like he didn't fit at all. It seemed like, like those two and you know, neither of them would ever say it, but those two weren't good on a pairing together. Now I don't know if Tyler Myers fits with this team from a stylistic standpoint. So let me let me jump into one thing just because I can take it back now. Sure. To the expansion draft, and you look at the way this fits. Why is Tyler Myers protected in the expansion draft? Who else are they going to protect? Even if there's a slimmer of them taking a player like that, you think Tyler Myers is the kind of guy that they might have wanted to go for? No, I over don't. Cole Lind. Look at look at the defense Seattle has. Do you think they're taking Tyler Myers in that contract? Come on, potentially they they got a lot of defensive defenders. If you're throwing if you're throwing a pick in but there, but still, even if you're not like yeah, that's the thing. If you're throwing a pick, maybe, but even if you're not, but they didn't why want not him. expose him then? Because who are you going to protect? Because what, what if they do if they take him? They had to meet the minimum protection requirements. They could have protected Bowie. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Then I don't you know. Basically, Dude, like you're not it, doing it to It's not- just a moot point. Myers isn't getting selected unless the Canucks are telling them to. Right. And that, right? That has to be a side deal. That would have made a little bit more sense to me because now it's like Myers is the one that just doesn't fit. Because what you're doing with this Canucks team is all these guys on the left side are puck, primary puck moves, yeah. offensive defensemen. All your and then you know the right side that you would like the ones that you targeted in free agency Luke Shen, Pullman, uh, Hamnick, yep, defensive guys exactly, and that's and what we're talking. Myers about. Just doesn't fit. Like it really doesn't. Like if you had a guy making Tyler Myers' money that was 
you know, an actual right shot defenseman who could play defense. Chris Tanev. The team looks a lot better defensively. Yeah, if you because got, let's yeah. let's go to that pairing because I see it as OEL and Myers as the as the I second think pairing. So. I think they're going to be the shutdown pairing. And a lot too. of people are against that. Like a lot of people don't think that's going to happen. I'm pretty confident that's what Travis Green uh, kind of leans towards. Are you confident in the pairing though? No, I'm confident that's what we're going to. Okay, see. I I'm agree. Not confident exactly. I think when people raise an eyebrow at that. They're not confident in the pairing, no. which I don't think you or I are either. Like I'm I, shocked to see someone who is confident in that pairing yeah. defensively. I mean, there's got to be someone else. Caleb. We'll right. Get Caleb's opinion. We should have him on the show sometime. But uh, regardless. what many fricks per 60. Fricks per 60 through the roof. Yeah. Um, what I was saying, though, is, yeah, like, I think that's the pairing. And I also think that's your shutdown pairing. Like, it's not Hughes and Hamnick. I think they're going to get some some tough minutes, but... I think your primary shutdown pairing is OEL and Myers, and you just hope OEL can bounce back to his former self. I just, I don't really know if every team has a shutdown pairing. Like, I know the term. I get what you do with it. I don't know if the Canucks have a pri- Like, I don't think the Canucks need to have a primary shutdown forward line that goes out with the same defense pairing. Sure, the time. sure. I think the Canucks want to push the pace with this team. Yeah, like they want to push the pace and drive things offensively. You don't need to have a shutdown line. You're going to probably get that sort of with Dickinson, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that there has to be the OEL and Myers pairing out with them the whole time. Yeah, you know what? It's going to be interesting because the way you we the what you just brought up makes sense, and you know we we know Travis is a guy who loves his matchups, right? Like he loves it. Does Brad Hunt change? Brad Hunt, Brad Shaw change things at all? Like, is that something that they discuss and say? Okay, let's let's try and make teams match us rather than us worry about matching That's them. That's what the good teams do. Exactly. Good so teams make other teams match against Are you. the Canucks ready to make that shift with this roster? I think the forward group says yes, and I think the defense, the way it's structured, you kind of are forced into that role. Yeah. Where you want to have the Quinn Hughes pairing out there a lot with Elias Patterson's line. That's just something yep. that has worked in the past for them. They've looked great when they're playing together. And then it's like the Horvat line. Yeah, you get a little bit of added offense now for the Horvat pairing and the Dickinson pairing. You get an added offensive guy with the OEL and Myers in the offensive zone. Yes, they're going to have their struggles in the defensive zone, obviously. Okay. They're going to struggle defending the rush. One thing that I don't think, like Tyler Myers, I think the way that he's a bad defender is when he's in zone. I don't think he's a bad defender on the rush. Oh, absolutely. He takes up a ton of space, has a huge reach. Him defending the rush isn't the worst thing. But the thing with Tyler Myers and defending the rush is sometimes he steps up a bit too high and then he has a step behind defending the rush and that's where he runs into trouble. One-on-one, he's fine. Like, he's absolutely fine. But, you know, a two-on-one, you know, we've seen him go sliding down on his stomach on the ice. We've seen a lot of... A lot of questionable decisions from Tyler Myers when defending the rush. So I don't want to come out here and say Tyler Myers is excellent at defending the rush. I think he's better on the rush than he is in zone. Exactly. But that's also an indictment on Tyler Myers defending. Literally one of the worst defenders in the league by a lot of the analytic (laughs) charts defending. I show you this. I don't think I've ever seen an in zone defending chart as bad as Tyler Myers. And can we get into the charts just a little bit? Sure. Because, like, I'm in, a, I'm in a bit of a few Twitter fights actually about those charts right now. Yeah, I, you're not. Yeah, we're the anti-analytics podcast. All of a apparently, sudden. all of a sudden, we are. Just it, the thing for me with analytics and a lot of these charts that come out are like it will tell you what happened last year. It doesn't 100 predict the future. Yeah. Okay. It's a good piece to have for looking back at seeing what a player brought value, where he was valuable last season, what he was like in that environment. But to me, when you sign a player, the first thing that you see on Twitter is all these evolving wild charts. 
It's all you see right off the bat. Everyone's got their JFresh account. And just just to be clear, we use all of these a tools. Lot. We use and a lot. Absolutely of them. love the people that make these. Like yes. Evolving Wild, JFresh, We're very Patreon good people. supporters to them. Patreon, We're Patreon supporters, supporters at Micah. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Great people. Great great work that they do. But the amount of people that just misuse it, it's comical. Like yes. it is comical how many people don't understand what they're looking at and just. Oh, the Canucks signed Tucker Pullman. Look at this chart. He sucks. And it's like, okay. So, hey, look at every other defender on Winnipeg's chart. Yeah. They all suck, apparently. Exactly. Which yeah. They, I mean, they weren't great. But, you know, like one of them can play, fit in and play a third line role. Pullman, the way that they had to play him last year. And let's let's get to the Pullman contract. We will. It's the one. Because neither of us are like coming out here and trying to tell people, no, guys, Pullman contract is great. Yes. Like, this is really good. Yes. This is cool and good. Like, that's not what we're trying to say. No. We're just trying to say, like, maybe let the guy play a game first. You know sure. what I mean? Or watch him play. Or watch him play. And then form an opinion. And the thing with Poolwin is, like, all the charts come out. He's not good. He's not good defensively. He's not what everyone thinks he is. Took one penalty last year. That doesn't show up on the charts. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a good thing to have for a defenseman. The way, if you're able to defend and play in 40 plus games or whatever he did for the Jets and not, and take one penalty, that's a guy that I'd like to have on a bottom pairing because he's not going to hurt you. To be a real hockey analyst, you have to go to Hockey DB and look at his penalty minutes. That's what I'm saying. You don't <laughs> even, hey, just NHL.com. That's Check all you out need his plus minus. Check out his plus minus and figure it out. <laughs> You know, it's funny. NHL.com, actually, if you like go into a lot of their advanced statistics, they have a lot of stats that you won't find on like really on natural stats. Like what? Just little things like posts hit. <laughs> like you can't find that on. Those are the things the we need. Site. And there, no, there's other things for goaltenders on, on NHL.com. Huh. That's pretty good. But so what I wanted to just bring up with Pullman, let's let's get to Pullman right off the bat. Because I think this is the negative. I think this is the worst. Yeah, I asked you right off the top your favorite and least favorite contract. And I don't think we even talked about right. anything. So Pullman that. is. What I think it was the worst contract yeah, sign. Absolutely. Not only for the four years, but to pay a bottom pairing guy $2.5 million seems like a lot, unless you're very confident in him being a high end bottom pairing guy who can play in your top four. Shades of Jordy Ben with that one. Somewhat. Two million. Two Somewhat, years. Jordy Ben got. This is a four year deal. This is a four year deal on a guy who plays in the bottom part of the lineup in that position. It's similar. It gave me vibes of what you saw with Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, you know, guys that yeah. you project as that position where, to me, bottom pairing guys, you don't really need to go out and sign to four-year deals. You can get a lot of them at one- or two-year deals. You know, you can get a higher-level version of Luke Shen on a two-year deal at $1.5 million. I know last year was a bit of a weird year, but, like, Victor Mete was on waivers, you know yes. what I mean? And like obviously he was he was a not a great example because he got scooped up right away. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think most people know this, but for those that don't, the waiver wire process, so any team that puts in a claim, whoever is the worst winning percentage gets the player. Just so people know. First I, rights at the player, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No, I mean like I, I like I I don't want to just bash Pullman right off the bat, but exactly. the contract, the way it looks, the way it feels, it's got that type of Man, this might be something that it gives you hurts, reservations. Not only hurts like people are like oh down the road this like down the road the Tyler Myers contract's gonna hurt with Pullman. It's like this this right off the bat might not be a player who's worth yeah. two point five million dollars yeah. because not only not not just because of the player that he is, but I think the market of free agency and I know that right D were kind of tough to get after, but mm-hmm. you can find a guy who can bring a similar amount. Like you could, I feel like Pullman gets signed at a lesser deal around the league. This just feels like the one time where. You know, this the one thing in free agency that I think Jim Benning made a mistake on was the four years. 
Well, I just, think in the last two weeks, like Jim Bennings had a really good he last has, two he weeks. He has had an excellent offseason so far. Someone texted me. It was like, as soon as the Sedins come back to the organization, all of a sudden they make excellent <laughs> moves. It's like, yeah, maybe. Interesting. Good yeah, point. no, it's, that, I think that's a problem, but like, it's 2.5, okay? It's not five years at $6 million. Yeah. It's not five years at $4 million. It's still $2.5 million. It's not a huge burning contract on what you're going to have. It's just not uh, a contract that I see ends up in the positive in the end. Yeah, sure. Because of like $2.5 million, you pay a guy one year, maybe doesn't work out fine. But you pay a guy $2.5 million and maybe three of the four years he doesn't live up to that, that's a pretty negative contract. In you end. can still bury that contract and not have huge cap implications, but it's still not, like, it's not a no-risk contract like yeah. the Brandon Sutter contract, like the Luke Shen well, contract. that's a good point because I think you could have found more no-risk contracts out there. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. And the thing about it is, I just wonder, because, you know, we talk about stylistic fit and everything. I wonder if the Canucks view this as a guy who can really, like, hold down that third pairing with Jack Rathbone and just be so solid all year long. And my hot take, and this is not a shot against Pullman or Hamannick, my hot take is that Luke Shen finds his way in the lineup and he just outplays one of those guys. And then that either of those contracts looks really bad at that point. But I really like the Luke Shen contract. Like, we're talking about our favorite and least favorite. Luke Shen's got to be my favorite contract that they signed. Yeah, I mean... Franchise leader in hits. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's going to bring... In a game, in a game. Yeah, he's going to bring in, like, a good seventh defenseman role. He just yeah. won two cups. Yeah. Played games in those two cup runs. Now he knows what it takes to win, so I'm I'm surprised he didn't get more money because now he knows what it takes to win. I mean, interesting. And, like, 31 years old. We talked about it on the last show. Like, yeah. 31 years old. He's not 36. Good for Luke Shen, though, man. Like, his career looked like it was going to be over in Anaheim. to hear him talk was, like, it was good. Yeah. It was good to to hear that, and I mean, yeah, a great addition. I mean, across the across the line, any other players stuck out? I guess we'll we'll save Klimovich for the prospects report a little bit yeah. later. Um, but just any other signings that we wanted to get into that we haven't really touched on, like some of the AHL guys. Is there a name or two that Yarl Halak coming okay. in as the Let's backup? Going, yeah. Interesting contract to me because it's a one one point five million, but then there's a one point five million dollar bonus which could be paid next year if he has a certain save percentage and plays so yeah, enough I know games. That it's $1.25 million if he plays 10 or more yeah, games. Which I it's, think he will. Yeah, I've laid out an idea to see how DiPietro can get it. I just don't know if it works by then. But um, 905 save percentage will get him the other two, $250,000. So it's very likely there's going to be a $1.5 million. Is at the, least $1.25 million. Are we confident Yarrow Halak can put up a 905 with this team in front I of him? I think that was his number last year. Where was he playing? Boston. Boston, right. The answer is Boston. Like, Sorry, it was a rhetorical question. Yeah. I didn't know that would stump you. Okay. Um, yeah, he's playing in Boston. That's a, that's a better defensive environment. Right yeah. now it's not, though. Have you seen Boston's defense? It's not looking very hot. Right, no time on Boston. Sorry. Well, but even, like, the Islanders, like, these teams that are, like, contending teams. 905 is, like, not, like, amazing, though. Like, you're just no, above 900. No, it's not. Right? Exactly. I think um, it's pretty possible he gets that, and that money moves over into next year yeah. as well. This is a, a veteran contract where 35-plus guys can sign with these bonuses, mm-hmm. and they have to be one-year deals for you to get these bonuses. So... I I think he you know it's I think it's pretty easy that he gets ten games yeah unless Mikey really makes a hell of a start in the AHL and you get exactly. him up and you drop Palak right down there I, I mean it's possible it's very possible um, 
it's it's very likely that there's going to be at least a one point two five million dollar hit next year. Yeah, which is the part of the contract I don't like. But in the end, you paid him one point five. Guys are getting two plus million to be backups all over the league. So in the end, you're probably going to end up paying a two point seven five million dollars over yeah. two years. Not and if he's thing. playing as a serviceable backup and you yeah. can carry that guy into the playoffs. And if he's giving you pl- more than a 905 save percentage, you're fine paying him $3 yeah. million over two years. Yeah, even though I you only get you him for one year. Yeah. But I, I like the Halak deal in the end. And he's a veteran that is going to come in and he knows that he's going to be a backup on a team that wants to get into the playoffs. Targeted by Ian Clark. Ian Clark wanted him. And so. that was a big thing too was, you know, Benning talked to Ian Clark. Ian, uh, you know, he talked to well, – the way that Benning talked about was our director of – Goaltending, you know, he wanted us to go out and get Halak, so they went out and got Halak. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the fit uh, in the end. We'll see what happens. The You know, if it ends up being $3 million, it's like, eh. It's not like an A-plus slam, slam dunk deal, but I don't think it's much worse than like a B-minus, C-plus type of deal. Also, a little update. Yeah. This is Ian Clark's last summer in Florida. He's moving to Vancouver full-time next oh, year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice little uh, inside information there, because I know you had a good chat with him. I did. I should probably chat with him about Halak. I'm interested to see what he sees. Well, he wants to talk to like. you again. He liked, uh, liked talking goals Yeah, we had a you. good conversation. Working on something fun that I will get Ian for. Um, so, that, yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Maybe I'm not going to announce anything. It's very, very early stages yeah. of that story. But Well, hey, why don't we cut to break? Yeah. I have no idea what time it is, but I feel like we've been going for a while. So we'll uh, we'll cut to break here. We'll, we'll see you guys on the other side. Uh, no interviews on this show. I think we're just going to, there's enough to talk about that we don't need an interview. So we'll throw to a quick ad break and we'll see you guys on the other side. All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 4-9 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? Had the Muddler's Pink Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen, ridiculous. What did we eat that one day? Poutine? cheeseburger, well, I ate it all, waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings. Yeah, the spicy chicken burger, that's my go-to. But Delicious. what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van. That's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs. Squish Beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer. Absolutely crushable. The right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable. Which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one. More than one. Unlike last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try Squish. You can find their original flavors of hard seltzer at BC Liquor Stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades. My favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia. All right. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Chris, what else did you want to get into? 
Let's uh, quickly do the poll question. We don't give have any answers. votes yet. We just we just put it out, so we'll we'll, we'll right, give our let's answers. Let's address it. Sure, we'll address who, it. Who do we think is going to play with OEL next season? The Our your are. business here poll question. Contact us if you want to spot if you're a business. Yeah, if you're a business and you want to sponsor. You're a business the and you're listening to this. We're getting a lot of new listeners, by the way. So it's yes. a good time to sponsor because, yeah, our, our listenership. Thank you to all the new listeners. I hope we didn't scare you off with the espresso stuff at the start of the S cookies. Yeah, what the heck? I still don't know what that's all about. Now I got a hot coffee here. It's I'm sweating my tail off here. Yeah, it's tough. Hey, man. Ugh. You want to you be an honorary Italian? You got you to gotta power through. Yeah, espresso. Although, don't do that to me. <laughs> Although we've been disappointed with iced coffees lately from McDonald's. Man, yeah. Weak. Weak stuff. Well, the thing is, you get one sip, it just tastes like black coffee, then the yeah. next sip is just a sugar clump. Yeah. That's Ugh. the problem. It's yeah, the inconsistency. They don't with stir them. it enough, I think. They don't stir it at all. Can you, you know like what I... ask for extra stirring? 10 cents extra? Maybe. I would pay the 10 cents. I would pay 10 cents. You know what? Stirred. I was mad. I just found this out the other day. Burger King used to also have $1 uh, iced coffees, and they were good. They were they were sweet. Mm. They were mixed together nicely. They were always really good, and I went there the other day. They don't have them anymore. Just no iced coffee, no or more no iced dollar coffee. iced coffee, no iced coffee at all, not at all. Wow! So they had them dollar drinks in the summer. They had them. It wasn't just the summer; it was all year round. You could get wow. a dollar iced coffee, same size cup, same flavors, and it was it was good. Like through and through, it was good. You know, people sleep on Burger King so much, man. Burger King has the best hash browns for breakfast. Really? I said this a lot on the. Sh- I've said I don't this like before. McDonald's hash browns. Burger Kings are coins. They're coin hash browns. They're like huh. the size of a quarter. So you get like a. There's a little bag of them, like a oh, fry bag. Wow. And they're good. They're all like, that's the thing. You got more area, more percentage of the hash brown is crispy. So it's like flat. Yeah. It's just a little coin. Wow. Like it's just a little, it's shaped like a coin, but obviously a little bit thicker. It's not huh. like an actual coin. It would be like if you took maybe six quarters on top of each other. Huh? And I like that. They're the most, uh, their bre- their breakfast sandwiches. They're not great. They're pretty damn greasy. The croissants are Soggy. Croissants? Ugh. Yeah. yeah they're, they're not good. I haven't, I haven't got a Burger like, King for breakfast. I don't know what the eggs are at, at Burger King or whatnot, but like it's a very good hangover breakfast. And, and the hash browns, they're the best. They're the best hash browns in the market for fast food. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I might have to go check that out. That's the thing. It used to be good. You go get some iced coffees and you get some and some hash browns. It was cheap. Burger King's so damn cheap sometimes. Anyways, hmm. uh, poll question. Yes. Are your business here? Poll question brought to you by your business here. Let's take a quick look at this. What is it? Yeah, okay. So, to begin the 2021-22 season, who will end up being OEL's partner? Tyler Myers, Tucker Pullman, Travis Hamanick, or I'm Angry? Are you a little surprised with the early reactions here? We got 123 votes in five minutes. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's really good. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's good because we always forget to do the poll question. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Hey, but we always, lately, like we've been cutting to break and then we're like, oh crap, poll question. Poll we question. get it out like yeah. before the second half of the recording. We've been good for that. And okay, I'm a little surprised to see almost 40% saying Pullman. I, yeah. I thought Myers would be what people were expecting because we're not saying what would you think. We said who will end up being his yes, partner. Yes, we tried to be this, specific. You're getting t- your Tyler Myers is outside of your top four. He's probably he's still going to play a lot of minutes when the Canucks are losing. Myers is just going to jump up in the lineup, probably play with OEL. But this starts the starts the year with likely a Rathbone Myers pairing. And by the way, are you are you like I know you're you're a huge Rathbone supporter. You know, huge Rathbone guy. You think he's going to be? You know, I'm I'm a huge big supporter as well. Maybe not as big as you, uh, but. Day one left side defense is is it Jack Rathbone's spot for sure or is it his spot to lose now because Brad Hunt is a, a guy who might be able to come in Ooh, Ole yeah. Levy 
Oh, get okay. Has a better fit. Yolevi's going to the minors. Brad Hunt's making the team. Yolevi's in the minors to start my, the year. I mean, that's good a, for Yolevi, man. He's got waivers though. Yeah, who's picking Yolevi up and putting him in their lineup? Come Some, on, somebody. Who? Ottawa? Name name any team. Ottawa, maybe. No. They go, yeah, they just got Dell's Ottawa yeah, to play the third Ottawa, period. Yeah, Ottawa is not picking. Nobody's picking up Yolevi. Nobody wants Yolevi, Chris. All right. Okay, so that's good for Yolevi because he gets to actually go play some bigger minutes and, you know. Top pairing in Abbey. Try and turn into something, right? Sell some tickets in Abbotsford, maybe. If people he's got to play some games. Yeah, he's got to play some games. He can't just sit in the press box all season. Like, that's not going to develop him at all, and he's not NHL ready. We know that. So, you know, just... He's not making the team. Just just drop it. So third pairing is Myers and Rathbone. I guess, but I like I've said this before. So with you, like Rathbone and Myers wasn't a great pairing together. Like we don't want to see that. We, I I still think it should be Pullman. I think Pullman and Rathbone has the potential to be a solid third pairing. Um, I think the worry is just how bad defensively Myers and and OEL can look at certain times because they both have a weakness on, on certain parts of the defensive game. And if you don't pair one of those two guys up with a defensive partner, it, it's going to be exposed even more having them together, but they're both veteran NHL players. who have been around, you know, played 10 years in the NHL. Like these guys have been around. And I think that that's why I see Travis green going with that pairing on day one, because it's two veteran guys that he can trust to, to know how to play into a system that he expects. And maybe the system helps OEL quite a bit. Maybe the system, the coaching is a lot different. Being in Vancouver, the the drive to be a rejuvenated player who was looked at as one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Like, yeah. OEL was looked at as one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Perennial Norris candidate, man. Absolutely. He was at the top of the list. He was the guy that, you know, when I'm playing NHL 17, I was always going out and scooping Ekman Larson because he was so damn good for my franchise. Yeah. You know, like, I... I'm going to be really interested to see how his bounce back year is because a lot of what the Canucks success is going to do is going to come from how their defense ends up looking. Cause I don't think there's a lot of questions about the forward group. There's no questions about the goaltending, especially with Halak Now they're backing him up. But if you can, if that's the spot where they can play above expectations, this team is a solid playoff team. If the defense can play above the expectations, Quinn Hughes can get back to being a guy who is getting Norris votes himself. Like, yeah, that you get to a point now where this team needs that defense to just step up and be the thing that's playing above what their expectations are. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody about this. If there's anywhere that OEL can bounce back, it's with the Canucks and under Travis Green. Travis Green's system, uh, lack thereof, a lot of people say, but Travis Green's system is going to benefit OEL. Now, the only thing there, there's the knee surgery, right? If that mobility is really hampered, and he's expected to be the primary puck mover on his pairing. That was a lot of peas. If he's expected to be that for that pairing, that's going to that's gonna hurt him a little bit. But overall, OEL should benefit from playing under Travis Green. And I, I think he will. I, I got to see it to believe it. But I think, you know, we talk about high upside with the draft picks. This is a risky, risky bet on OEL. Like, obviously far more risky than a draft pick. Or you don't have to pay unless he's actually good. But I like the chances here. Like I, I overall, I like the bet because you also got Connor Garland from it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the big part of the trade, anyways. Is Garland like that's and that's losing all reason. that money except yes, for Louis. You d- would never want to see Louis leave. Do you think Louis plays in Arizona? Oh, of course he plays. You think he plays? Oh, have you seen Arizona's projected line? Like Andrew Ladd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those guys are gonna play together. That's They're gonna crazy. play. They're gonna be such a wild team to watch. They're gonna be a tough team to watch. Like, oh. I, I'm sorry, but if you're like it's. It must be tough to be a Coyotes fan because it's just like, 
you know, the owner there. Imagine how much effort level Phil Kessel is going to be giving. Oh, man. Like, not hot dogs. Yeah. I had a hot dog last night. Cooked it properly, too. Um, Good for you. What I was saying, though, the owner there, like, he put his son in charge of the team, right? And it just, it, it doesn't seem like they're super committed when you look from the outside looking in, right? It just doesn't look like they're a super committed ownership group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, they're they're playing for the like Bedard, no Shane Wright sweepstakes now, right? Yeah. Like, they're not just bad next year. They're bad for a couple of years here. Yeah. If they can get Shane Wright and Connor Bedard, that's like their only hope. Yeah. You know, Connor Bedard. And look at the picks that they have over the next three years. Yeah, it's so many top three round yeah. picks. Because they want guys on ELCs. Like, yeah. that's what they want, right? And. They're taking all these contracts hey, question. from a huge real money. Looking at uh, the Abbotsford team next year, do you have an idea on who you think might be like the exciting goal-scoring player next year? Who do you think the points leader might be on that Abbotsford team? I'm going to say Justin Bailey. I think Justin Bailey's definitely up there as well. Justin Bailey's maybe Gadjevich. I, but then at the same time, like to go with that question, it's also sort of an idea of like the best player on Abbotsford might also end up being the Canucks fourth line, right winger. Cause you got Tyler Mott. He's going to play fourth line, left mm-hmm. wing. You got Brandon Sutter. He's going to be your fourth line center. Who is that fourth line, right winger right now for the Vancouver Canucks? I think it's a toss up. You've got Zach McEwen. Mm-hmm. You've got Justin Bailey. And you've got other guys that are all going to be fighting for that spot. I, I Phil Giuseppe, like, I that's, think that's just got to be your guy, though, right? Oh, I think I, like honestly, not even not even just because he's Italian and has an absolutely stellar name. Like that's honestly not the reason that I say this. I'm just gonna pull up his numbers real yeah. quick. But Phil DiGiuseppe actually had a pretty solid year last year. Like I I really like that signing, and I know everybody was hagging me in it when when he signed because you know he's Italian, good Italian kid. Can't wait to talk to him. Um, you gonna bring him an S cookie? Yeah, I'll bring start? him an S cookie. Here's a token of my appreciation for signing in Vancouver. Need an Italian. No, in Rome. 31 games last year with New York, eight points. Like, that's not great. One goal, seven assists. But for a fourth line guy, I think you take that. What about 23 year old Will Lockwood? He's got to no, be. No, I don't think he's I don't think he's in the mix. I don't really? think no, I, I thought don't he think. performed like I thought he skated at an NHL level last year. Yeah, I just don't I I think you I think, want well, you know what you see at training camp when there's like the fifth line, right? When they're doing X like when they're playing against each other, you could tell like, oh, this looks like the first line, this looks like the second line, this is the fourth line, this looks like the fifth line or the top line in the AHL. I, I wonder if Will Lockwood has a chance of making a push to be that fourth line right winger right out of camp. Yeah. Because man, He's an example, like I talked about this last year with Niels Huglander. He's the type of player that looks really good in a training camp environment. When yeah. you're doing drills, when you're skating, is when they're... Because, you know, so many drills that they do at training camp, it's like you start in the corner, you fly up and down the ice, you do a sort of weave, little thing. Just dr- the drills seem to go like... There's not a lot of drills where you start at the blue line and just go in, right? You always start in your end of the zone. You're skating full speed up the ice. They see you at a full speed and a full rink. And I think that's the kind of like skills that Will Lockwood's going to look really good. And man, if he's, if he like, we talked about it so much last year at the end of the season on players that like just get a taste of the NHL to see what they have to do to get to that level. I think Will Lockwood is, is in there battling with a Zach McEwen, with a Justin Bailey. You know, Dowling is probably another example yeah. of a player who might be able to get involved as well. I, I think Will Lockwood has a decent chance, man. I think he has a decent chance at that fourth line spot just because of what he can show in camp. I'd project him more as a dark horse candidate. Like rather than well, penciling him, I, I think he's kind of a there's guy. Also, a name I completely forgot, but it's probably his job. Now that I think about it, it's probably Matt Highmore. 
Oh yeah, which is. is like a good. There goes that player. last five minutes we just talked about. Because yeah, it is Matt. <laughs> Probably Highmore. Highmore, it right? is. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But it, you know, there's going to be options for different guys, and, and yeah, that kind of leaves McEwen as the extra guy. I think to yeah. me. Um, and then it's kind of like it's going to be in the A. I think he's going to do fine there. He might too. be a top line guy in the A. I think yeah. so. I think so, and I think that'll be good for Abbotsford fans. So, man, now that the now that we have a lineup in front of us with twelve players, I'm pretty confident in. You're going to get Lotto line. You're going to get Horvat. The you, some mix of Huglander, Pod Colson, Garland seems like the lock there. Pearson's yeah. in the mix. Like the fourth line. Now that I see it, of Tyler Mott, Brandon Sutter, and Matt Highmore. I mean, top to bottom, like you're pretty, you're really happy one to four on the Canucks. Yeah, I think so. I think you are. But right, again, I'm going to get a drink here. Because I'm the, about to go off on prospects, but if okay. there's anything you want to close yeah, out with all the, before I go off, all the off question here. marks of this team are around the defense core, right? Like I would, I would say that they probably have the best goalie. Look, I know they have the best goalie in the Pacific, but maybe in the Western Conference, like who who's better in the West? Like UC Saros, maybe. I don't know if Demko continues to just. I think he will get a little bit better, yeah, and just be as consistent as he has in the past. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the peak of Demko yet. I don't think we have either. No. Yeah, and I, I think that that's the thing that you know, if Demko's able to still be a top five goalie in the NHL, you know, start to push into really being in a Vesna conversation, that's another thing that's going to help the defense core quite a bit. Yeah. Right, that's going to be one of the biggest things. All they have to do is not be the absolute worst defensive environment in the league, because that's what they were last year. All they have to do is just be better than the worst, like the absolute worst. That's all they have to do to be an improvement in front of Demko. Yeah, but can they do it? Like, I don't know. I honestly I the, don't know. You know what the other thing is? It's just like I've heard this talk about on other podcasts. A lot of other writers, bloggers around mm-hmm. Canucks world have been talking about this, but like. Def- team defense isn't all just about your defense core. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's something that's being overstated right now in the market is like their offense is going to be great. Their defense is going to suck. But a lot of defending comes from your offense. It's not like the forwards disappear when you're in your own yeah. zone. Yeah. And I think the Canucks are going to be able to be a good, a decent defending team from their forward group. There's obviously going to be things that lack from their, from their defense core defensively, but the forwards have to help out a lot. The forwards have to buy into the system. We see teams go deep. Look at what the Montreal Canadiens did buying into a system. Like yep. buying into a system that worked where the forwards helped a lot in the defensive zone. That's the type of thing that's going to help your team defense. It's not all about the six guys that are out there being your defenseman. I think Bradshaw's going to help with that. And that's the big thing about those six guys is Bradshaw's going to help that. And you brought this up uh, on SC, SCT show that it's it's going to be him as as a assistant coach more than we've ever seen with Travis Green before. Yeah. Travis Green hasn't had an assistant assistant coach who's like his side guy for yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. He's like his right-hand man. His right-hand man who doesn't just like run the defense, doesn't just run the penalty kill, doesn't help on the power play. And it's just like he's his right-hand man to be another coach with. For those wondering, Baumgartner's still on the defense. Yep. Newell Brown's been replaced by Jason King on yep. the power play. And Brad Shaw just said that he's going to help with everything. That's so, thing. Yeah. I, I like that. Like that's, that's the organization spending money, right? Like the checkbooks are out. And I think... You know, starting to see some serious improvement because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to do before the team? No. I got a lot of prospects. Close it out with some prospect stuff. I'll just mute my mic. All right. Here's the thing about uh, Danila Klimovich. Danny Klimovich is what a lot of people are going for with him. I have reason to believe, and this is just from what I've seen at practice, because I've been able to get my hands on some footage at practice, footage of them working out in the training room uh, with Dynamo Minsk, and as well as him not being at the game at all. 
that they played at 3 a.m. last night on third, or I guess Friday morning when I tried waking up at 3 a.m. to see it. No sign of Danila Klimovich. So I was reached out, reached out to the agent to see, you know, what's going on. Is he leaving that camp? Uh, I asked him this last week, you know, once he signed the contract, is he leaving? They said not sure yet. That was on, uh, I believe, Thursday. So that was on Thursday afternoon. They weren't sure yet if he was going to be leaving, but he has not been attending a practice or a training or a game with Dynamo Minsk ever since he signed that contract. So good reason to believe that there's some sort of way that they might be trying to get him over to North America pretty soon. And his English is not good. Not good at all. Uh, I know that the agent told me three to four months of work and he'll be okay. Yeah. Like it's going to take a very hard, uh, a very hard effort in the next three to four months for him to be able to speak English. We saw his interview with, uh, with Josh. He's got to fire up Duolingo. Yeah. He's Could gonna- you imagine us trying to learn like Russian though? Or like I've watched Swedish. a lot of Russian hockey, and like I, that's the thing. I pick up some of the Swedish things. I know some of the words what? in Swedish. I know like, like goal and like power play. Like when I see it, I know. Okay, so you're set. You could just go to but Russia like, and Sweden and tell everybody yeah. about goals and power plays. Pretty much. But like Russia is like, I can't do any of the Russian. Order some water in Russian. I want water. Nah, you could tell people you want a power play, I bet. Yeah, I could say, like, I could probably say goal. I, I still, like, I watch a lot, and, like, you know, when a commentator calls it, it's, they scream goal pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know any, I don't know what to do in Russian at all. I couldn't guess the word what it is in Russian, mm. like, but, you know, I just, the way that he looked in that first scrimmage, I, that's why I wanted to see him so bad. That's why I woke up at 3 a.m. so I could watch him play because they were playing another KHL team instead of a men's league team. Not there again. Wasn't at any of the training all week. No practices. I think that the Canucks are getting him out of that trial contract so they can get him over to North America. Haven't reported this yet on Twitter because I want to get confirmation from the agent. I tried to check in this morning. No response yet. Uh, but I will tweet that out once I for sure get um, you know get confirmation on if he's leaving that trial contract because that's all he has, right? And that's the thing that... So I'll get into Klumovich a little bit more here because what this deal means when you sign Danny Klimovich to this deal is all controls the Vancouver Canucks. He might go back to the KHL. And I want to get into this because like a lot of people are like, oh, we can't have another Pod Colson experiment. We can't have Pod Colson back here. And I talked about this on the last show, but it isn't a contract now with the KHL. It's a loan if they send him to the KHL. He's loaned to the KHL. So it's not like he's going to be gone for you know two years and he can't come back. It's just going to be like a one-year thing to see what he does in the KHL. And Dynamo Minsk is playing him on their top line in that exhibition game that he played in four days ago. He's on their top line playing with their best players and leading scorers from last year. Minsk also just went out and got uh, SK Ska's best defenseman from last year, Lucas Bengstrom. Spent some time with, with uh, Elias Pettersson in the offseason as well, you'll remember from Instagram. Um, this this Minsk team, they like him. And he looked like one of the best players uh, when I was watching them play the other day against that, you know, playing against a men's team. So it wasn't like great defending against them. But he looked like one of the not only super confident playing against men, but well, probably taking some shifts. He was taking some pretty long shifts too. Like he was the guy who was staying out the longest uh, for Minsk in that game. And he had a couple of plays where he drove the net really hard. Good hands, skates well. Like he looked really good. He looked like he could play at a top six level in the KHL. And and that team isn't like Scott where they're not going to play him because he ain't going to be back next year. They just need to be able to win games at Dynamo Mints. They're not a big market team. They're not the Yankees of the KHL. They're a team that just wants to be able to compete and try and get into the playoffs. And if Klimovich is going to help them, then they'll play him. It's nothing to do with, with what your contract is, where you're going next year. If you're good enough to play, they're going to play him a lot of minutes. He was getting first-line minutes in that exhibition game. He will be a top-six player if he's going back there. So a lot of people are scared. They don't want this prospect to go to the KHL. That's the second-best league in the world. 
If he goes to that KHL league and he's able to play top six minutes against really good competition and perform well, that's a huge step in his development. I would personally like to see him in Abbotsford. I don't know about you, but I think that just from what I've seen him do against KHL competition and the way he lines up, I think that there's enough of enough readiness in the North American game for him to come and play AHL minutes and be a guy that just excites a lot of the Abbotsford Canuck crowd and see what they are able to do with him. So, um, you know, the Q is still an option. That's going to be for him to go out and dominate. I don't know if there's a lot of gain for his game to go there. I think that there's a lot of gain for him to go to the AHL or the KHL. And I just, I don't know about him at the NHL. He'd have to blow it up at camp. And that's the exciting thing is like, he's going to be at camp. His agent told me 100% he'll be at camp. He's, it's going to be something that we're going to definitely keep our eyes on. I think it's going to be fun to watch how he matches up. Cause think about last year at camp, how Jet Wu just didn't look like he was ready at all. He was mm-hmm. the worst player at camp. Six out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. Will Klimovich do the same or will it be like, and man, you know what? There. The cool thing about this camp, fans are going to get to see firsthand. Like the Canucks said, plans will be released. Hopefully like numbers are going up a little bit. So I, I hope this doesn't affect it. Yeah. Cause it'd be cool if fans could also join us in the arena. Um, Cause yeah, like Rogers arena, when we were there last year, it was quiet. It, it was weird, right? Like it was fine. It was nice to park in the arena and have all this express Free service. Free parking was awesome, yeah. And no traffic when you're leaving. Yes. Like, just nothing. Oh, it was great. Uh, sorry. What was I, I saying? Missed, though, but when I went to training camp Victoria, I was on the stands talking with people and, you know, just chatting with fans. I will fun. not be doing that. You won't be doing that. I'll be doing that in Abbotsford, though, again. Well, will we be allowed to? Yeah, I'm, uh, we'll I see. I don't know. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, plans will be released for the training camp soon, I think. Um, but yeah, fans will be able to hopefully get their their own opinion on mm-hmm. Klimovich as well, not just videos from us. I'll tell but you what he looks, he looks like he's a player, man. Wow. Really looks like a player. Hot take. Yeah. Good analysis. Yeah. He is a player. Up and down player. He's a player. That's Takes the, his the lunch agent pill. told me that exact quote. He's a player. He's a player. That's Takes his lunch pill with him. And his shovel. He does. As our friend Frank Cervalli would have <laughs> said. And his shovel, yeah. And his shovel. Other guy I want to get into because I just finished. Is the article up on Canucks Army? Myrenberg? Yeah. Yeah. It's up? Noon. noon oh, I didn't today. even tweet it out today. Okay. Yeah, well, it came okay. out on Friday. lot to like offensively about the kid, but um, I, I got, like, the defense was bad. I was watching and reading that article because I edited it, obviously. I, I think it was a Victor Parison. He was just like, I'm really good. These guys aren't really you good. Think I so? don't care. A, there, the thing it is didn't like, look like he was skating as hard as he could. At, in hockey, E10 for sure, but yeah. J20, the same, yeah. same exact habits. And the J20 league should be where he has to do that. Yeah, that's fair. You know? And that, that was the thing that worried me quite a bit was just like, I didn't want like I didn't want to use the word laziness in the title, but that's what it felt like. Like it, mm-hmm. there was a, a certain amount of laziness when going back on defense where it's like you watch his skating up ice to join a rush. Really impressive. Skates yeah, flying quick, gets down there like a lot of effort, but then going back to defend, like to help on a two on one to be able to even like get back on a, on a partial breakaway, not a lot of effort. And that kind of sucked. Like he's going to go to the uh, all Svenskin next year. And man, if he's not playing, playing hard on defense, he's going to get crushed in that league. So yeah, you know, I hope that it was just because he was playing a lot of minute, a lot of games in the hockey E10, that league that, you know, a lot of players don't really think very highly of, especially these 20 year old kids who, you know, are very, very confident players. They yeah. are that J20 league. Like you're the best man. You're the best junior 20 players coming out of that league. And when that shut down and these guys had to go to hockey E10, they were like, damn, there's 46 damn teams in this league. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is a league for, for guys that are just above beer league and in Sweden. So yeah, I don't think a lot of them gave their full effort in E10, mm-hmm. but really, uh, really impressive things offensively from him. The shots were nice. I mean, he he plays the left side of the power play um, as like an Alexander Ovechkin shot because of his right uh, his right shot's so strong. So 
Um, yeah, a lot to like about Myronberg. And then Gabrielson, I just did a lot of diving into, too. Uh, I watched a lot of him before the draft and even, like, talked to him before the draft as well. So he, he played with Simone Edvinson, uh, hmm. you know, top 10 pick in the draft this past year. And he was his partner. So Gabrielson can play the right side. He had a lot more points than Edvinson did when they played together as well. So lots to like about Gabrielson. He's a pick I really like from this draft. And we'll get more into him in the article uh, that's coming up soon. Clipped all the video for it. Now I just got to put my words on top of the video and, Get that out there. But uh, Myrenberg, I don't know. Offensively, really good. Scares me about the habits defensively, though. So we'll see. Something to watch. Something to watch. Just like Koskenvo's hands. Koskenvo's hands, yeah. Koskenvo's hands and Myrenberg's effort level. That's Those are the things to watch this year. Prospects report right there. Yeah. But man, I tell you, I hope Klimovich is here. And I hope he's yeah. in the AHL next year. I really hope he's in the A. I'm excited that we get to see him at camp. Like, that's, that's going to be fun. thing, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people say he's pretty raw. He needs needs a lot of lot of time before he actually gets here. Like, don't sure. forget. Physical, though. Man, yeah. he's physical. He's not just a scoring type of player. He's a physical dude, too. Don't forget that uh, C-Loves was yeah. signed to an ELC as well. So, like, you know, he, I, I know goalies are different, but they signed C-Loves for the same reason. Like, they wanted him under club control because yeah. uh, they didn't want him playing in Latvia and you know, obviously he was loaned there, but yeah, like he got to play in Barry on loan. Um, but yeah, they wanted to get that out of the way. And I don't know how much of a game there is for like for Silos, it made sense to go to Barry. Yeah, I don't know about it for Klimovich. He looks yeah. like he would he would rip up that QMJHL league, like he would. Mm-hmm. And I hope I bet they're hoping that he comes there. He on Rion, I think they're called. He on Rion. <laughs> the Huskies. I know they're the Huskies. Why didn't you just say that? I don't know. I screwed <laughs> up here near the end of the pod. Oh, jeez. I, I hope it's K. I, I hope it's A. I hope he's in the AHL. But if not, let him go play top six in the KHL. People shouldn't be as worried as they were with Pod Colson. It's a different league, different setup. Um, I think we'll wrap it up here on that, too. I don't think there's much more to get into. We got, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably remember some things that we need to talk about on next week's show. We're back to regular shows now, uh, twice a week here, Tuesday or Wednesday, and then every Saturday as well. So I think we'll wrap things up there, and we'll be uh, getting back to it quickly before we wrap up. Um, final show of the VanCast. I know a lot of people who listen to this show mm-hmm. probably listen to the VanCast as well. Uh, final show for the VanCast, Jeff Patterson moving on to Sakaris and Price full-time. Uh, awesome for Jeff. Uh, and we'll we'll be interested to see what Drancer comes up with in the future. But yeah, best of luck to both of those guys. Absolutely, and uh, it's been a lot of fun listening to JPAT podcast for the last yeah, gosh, five, six, seven years, something like that. Six years maybe with with Botch going back yeah. to the podcast. Wow, been a while. So uh, it's gonna be. I think it's awesome for Jeff to to land with Sakaris Price, yeah. be on there every single day with those guys, and and bring it and be at the rink next year. Jeff's just a pro, Jeff. Reinvents it's, it's himself hard. every two years because yeah. he keeps getting laid off. Jeez. Horrible. Has anyone ever so bad had worse him. luck in Vancouver media yeah. than Jeff Patterson? But then he just keeps bouncing back. Like it's it's a real um, like not motivation. I'm looking for the. It's an inspiration because yeah. it's like you know we've never really been laid off, but we will. We also work for ourselves. So yes, <laughs> for but we will. Time. Yeah, we eventually will. we will probably face a layoff at some point. Mm-hmm. Don't know where it's going to be at. We we don't know where, where our careers are going to go in media, but. We might face a layoff one day, and it's just, you know, we just got to pick ourselves back up, think about Jeff Patterson, and be good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. And what he's going to bring us to Karis Price is huge. Absolutely. see what they're building over there is awesome. So uh, we'll wrap things up there. Best of luck to, uh, to Jeff as he moves on to his new role. We're going to continue, though, to bang out podcasts every single week here, twice a week. Um, because of the great support of our listeners. And thanks to everyone recently that has tuned in as well. Uh, it's been a lot uh, a lot of fun to see the numbers go up. And as this episode drops, you know, we're about to cross 200,000 listens, 200,000 downloads of the show all time. 
Um, we're, we might've even hit it by now yeah. because we had a heck of a week last week, but we're only like 200 listens away from it. Uh, as last time I checked. So 200,000 downloads of the show, pretty, Incredible. pretty awesome to see quads. And that's since January of 2020. So, wow. uh, great start and also a record breaking month this month for us. And we yeah. didn't even, remember we took the start of July off. That was yeah, the only we did. episode we missed. That's crazy. So wow. awesome to, to all the new listeners. We're going to continue to bang us out twice a week for you guys covering all the Canucks news, diving into a lot of the prospect stuff for sure. And, uh, and just all the off season news and a lot of Abbotsford stuff too. Now that we got it locally, I'm going to be there yeah. a lot of games. We're going to bring the best content here. Uh, at the Canucks Combo. So for David Quadrelli, my name is Chris Faber, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.